It's time for lunch. Angelo, it's 10.30. Right around that corner, there is a sandwich shop. They sell meatball sandwiches. Best I've ever tasted. Would you go get me two? Come on, Parker. You talk. Give me two. Hey, everybody. Welcome to UT. Get me two. No, that's not how you say it, but whatever. Utah, get me two. <laughs> I'm Wayne. Um, I'm going to be hosting this round. Sean passed over the uh, the golden baton for this time. Um, so sorry if you all are bored already. Um, <laughs> Sean, what's up, buddy? Dude, it's been a long time. Has it's been since like what last year since we recorded? I know it was. Uh, it was definitely last year. It was 2022 <laughs> was the last time we recorded. Yes, we're 100%. only two weeks into the year, and I'm still making that joke. Uh, sorry. I was um, about to say. I thought we. I thought after January 14th, you weren't allowed to make that joke anymore. Yeah, but this is the first joke of the pod, so it's like, you know, like it doesn't count. Like in pod years or days, it's like it might as well be January 1st. Do you know what I'm saying? It's true. Yeah. yeah. Time is irrelevant. When it comes to podcasts, is what you're saying. Oh, shit. A flat circle, maybe? Ooh. Should we put that up on some sort of whiteboard and talk about it? Are we just doing True Detective Season 1 right now? Just going I off think. script? Let's just go off script. Let's watch True Detective and talk about it. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think that's what people are here for, though. I think they want us to talk about a couple of movies that we got on our plate. But before we get into that... Make sure you guys subscribe, leave us a review, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. You know, hit that bell or type that comment or, you know, do what you got to do. But just yeah, you give click us some the love, follow, show us you some click love. the like, you know, you know how to do it's it. It's really super easy, super easy. Um, uh, today we are talking uh, Tombstone and Mad Max Fury Road. And we are specifically talking about reluctant heroes. Reluctant but heroes. Before, reluctant heroes. Right. Um, but before we get into that, let's let's uh, check your uh, movie checklist, Sean. What have you been watching? What have you been binging? What have you been eating? Sleeping on? <laughs> what are you well, been pooping been e- in? I've been eating like total dog shit. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a process. Um, yeah, I actually just had a health check at work and all my cholesterol levels look super tight. Dude, so I'm, I'm happy. That's awesome. My body's somehow rejecting the diet. Um, but I don't I know. know how much you're, longer you're literally, last, you're exuding triple cheeseburger right now from the screen. I can see. <laughs> I know. Right. But my blood yeah. work would say, no, good. You actually you got strong <laughs> blood. You got that strong blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, um, been eating like, like total shit, but. The mm-hmm. movie diet, um, been feasting. Ooh. Uh, I think, did you see Bansies of, uh, Inisherin too? Or was that just I me? I did. My no, God, I did. Bro. Yeah. I did. Great fucking movie. Um, Mario McDonough, the director, he did In Bruges with those two, you know, Colin yep. Farrell and, and Brendan Gleeson. And, I love that uh, movie too. So Fucking good. tour de force. I think he just... He took everything he learned working with those two and like just took it up to 11 with this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I it was- that I think that we could really get into a lot of we could have an, a whole episode about Banshees, I think. Oh, easy. Uh, easy. Uh, so you loved it. I had mixed feelings about it. Oh no. To be 100%. Yeah. 
Um, Mostly good, though. Mostly good feelings about this movie. There was a lot of things I loved about it. Acting, screenplay was beautiful. Location was amazing. Cinematography was great. Um, I feel like there were a lot of metaphors that I I might not know about 100%, but I was... Uh, I mean, I, it's the setting is obscure. It's like the Irish Civil War. Sure. Um, and I don't know if the symbolism is that deep. I think you might be overthinking it too much. Dude, I really overthought it. I was yeah. like, so at the end, I was like, okay, so this is a metaphor for the Protestant versus Catholic conflict in Northern Ireland. <laughs> and that was your takeaway. That was my takeaway. <laughs> I was like, it's just two Irish people that grudge each other for the rest of their lives and it's like okay yeah i can't i, can I, I thought that the brendan gleason character had lots of really great things to say about like what is art and like what is his life goal versus you know his sure. friends padre like what's his life goal is clearly is to shoot the shit and to have a great time with his friends and you know yeah. brendan gleason character not so much uh not no, i'm not want to spoil anything for who hasn't right. seen it but uh, explosive finish. Absolutely. It was, uh, I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I laughed a lot. I thought the dialogue was so good in so yeah. many places. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, it's 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, we just got, uh, a Golden Globe Award for Best Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy for it. So we've got, you know, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, anything else, man? Um, I know for me, I'm like really looking forward to the last of us show I comes know. out. Oh, God damn. You evening. love your video games and you, you're kind of a sucker Shut for up. HBO shows too. So Shut I feel up. like this is going to be a, a two for two for you on, you know, this is going to be a two for two for yeah. me. Absolutely. Your hype levels are like almost off the chart for this show. I want to say. Yeah. yeah. It's high. Right. So, I mean, the Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two is in my top five video games of all time. Um, wow! Yeah, the gameplay is amazing. The storyline that connects the two games together, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last of Us Part Two was a roller coaster, um, but absolutely amazing. Um, the director of the video game uh, produced the show. So he, oh, wow. he had, yeah, Neil Druckmann, he actually had a lot of influence on it. So I feel really good about this one. Lot, the, the initial reviews coming back, it said at, I don't know if it still is now, but it said at a hundred percent rotten tomato score there for a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, super excited. We will see. I'll watch the first episode tonight and then I'll let you know. I do want to talk about one thing real quick. Um, our good friends, uh, Cindy and Ryan, they got me this poster um, from mm-hmm. this art gallery called Deadly Prey. Ooh. And it is, uh, so there's this tradition in Ghana. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's, uh, their, their movie culture is different over there. They have, um, they utilize like these hand-painted movie posters to like advertise the movies. Mm-hmm. And they're usually like real low-budget theaters. Like it's just like a sheet with the projector, like, you know, sure. in the middle of a field, like generator powered. We're, yeah, I mean, um, we're talking Ghana. 
So they always like spice up the artwork to make it like really appealing. Like they'll always like amp up like if there's like boobs in the in the or right. like if there's gore or something like they'll really make it look like this crazy like sensational movie. Um, but and it's, they got but the things that they're highlighting probably wouldn't be highlighted right in the US, right? Yeah, like, so right, it's right. like yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, because gotcha. you know, we consume all this content on a daily basis and them it might be like the only movie they see for a whole month. So sure, it's sure. a different kind of experience, and um, I got this amazing poster for uh, for Point Break. Holy fucking shit, that's amazing, right? Yes. So I'll, yes. I'll throw this up on, on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's put it on the like. Insta, dude. That's <laughs> so sick, so sick. Uh, well, that's awesome, dude. Um, do there is like Deadly Prey has a uh, an Instagram too? Yeah, well. yeah. We'll, I'll link we'll them post too. That. Um, it's a, it's a really cool really cool uh business and um and the artwork and their content is just a plus you've never seen anything like it yeah definitely definitely all right well uh that's what's going on in our world which i know was (laughs) fairly dramatic (laughs) um but uh let's get into what we're really here for which is talking movies today we are talking tombstone and Mad Max Fury Road, specifically, we're going to mention a lot about reluctant heroes and how they mm-hmm. play into these these two movies. So let's start with Tombstone. And Sean, why don't you run that trailer for me? Okay, let's play the trailer. From Hollywood Pictures, I want your blood. The Clanton gang figured they owned the town. But they never figured on Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. Maybe you better swear me in. Together, they brought justice to the West. You tell them I'm coming! And hell's coming with me! Tombstone, rated R. Starts Saturday, December 25th. Okay, so that was a trailer I found for Tombstone. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so this movie... I don't even know where to start with this one, honestly, man. Uh, my notes are all over the place. Um, you probably read them. Um, I did. Uh, yeah. and I was utterly confused the entire time. So <laughs> I'm just going to let you run. Let's yeah. just run with this one. <laughs> That's good. Um, so this movie came out in 1993. Um, the cast, uh, let's just get into it right away. The cast is insane for this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You have so many heavy hitters like... In their prime, just off their prime, going into mm-hmm. their prime, undiscovered, mm-hmm. honestly, in some yeah. some of the people. Uh, we got Kurt Russell. We got Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, mm-hmm. Michael Bean, Charlton fucking Heston, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Jason mm-hmm. Priestley, Thomas Hayden Church, Stephen Lang of uh, Avatar fame of recent. Yep. Uh, we got Michael Rooker. He had a real yep. moment. Uh, with the Marvel dead. movies is the fucking bluefin guy with the, the arrow. Yeah. <laughs> but I always know him as uh, Merle from yeah. Walking Dead. Uh, I mean, the movie's just lit up. Um, yeah, the, the cast is insane. Um, this is, without a doubt, uh, my favorite Western. Yes. Like all yeah. time. Yeah. Um, this might even like, you know, depending on how you ask me, this might even be like top 10 movies of all time for me. Um, it's a good one. I would, yeah. uh, I would allow that. I would allow yeah. that. You can have that one. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Justice is coming. Um, this movie mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, kind of you know, the overarching theme of our um, movies so far. It should be like 90s machismo with, with some of the picks that we've had on here, huh? I mean, just looking back at just, some of the movies. That's just me. This is another one. This is another one in line. Um, yep. So there was a lot of like drama behind the scenes with this movie. Really? Just like yours, too. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. We'll uh, we're talking drama behind the scenes. Uh, Mad Max handily uh, beats Tombstone. But mm-hmm. this movie was, there was a lot of pre production and during production drama. Um, Kevin Jari, who wrote the script and was originally signed on to be the director, um, like a week into it, they found out he sucked at his job and fired him. <laughs> wow. And um, <laughs> he went on to uh, help um, Kevin Costner do his Wyatt Earp movie. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which probably should have been like a miniseries or a TV series because it should have been like six or seven hours long. Oh, um, I, I think that movie is kind of ahead of its time. It probably would have been a TV series now. Um, yeah, I, but I agree. back then they I just agree. didn't do that. They didn't do miniseries or limited. No. And it was just, it was all about movies. Um, so George George Cosmatos he comes in um, of Cobra and uh, Stallone fame. He worked a lot with Stallone, mm-hmm. and um, he is the quote unquote director of the movie. But everything you read and watch about this movie, Kurt Russell directed this movie. Um, really? He's kind of like the ghost director. Wow. Um, okay. So this is kind of his movie. Um, he had a lot of passion for it. Um, he did a lot of research um, leading up to this movie, uh, him and Val Kilmer. And um, it's it's really just Kurt Russell's baby, honestly, in, in many ways. He was giving signals to Cosmatos in between takes and how to position the camera and where to let it linger and maybe we need to change this and story notes and yeah. he was all over the place. So yeah. So the movie starts, um, we get this great, great voiceover narration. Um, and, uh, I'm already into, uh, kind of like questioning, like, do we even need a narrator for this movie? Right. I know. I don't know. I think so. This movie is amazing, but I feel like, I'm going to say it right up front. They probably could have taken out like 30, 20. They could have taken 20 minutes easy, maybe even 30 minutes out of the runtime. It's too long. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, um, this is a common like discrepancy I have with movies. A lot of time is I feel like 90 minutes is a sweet spot. Two hours is pushing it. Yeah. This movie is beyond two hours. So, right. Uh, yeah, the, the runtime on this movie is a little long. Um, they could have taken out 20, uh, maybe even 30. Yep. Um, so I'm just going to go into the, uh, you know, beat by beat for this movie real quick. We can just kind of run through it. But um, the first yeah. scene where, where the Cowboys crashed at that, uh, that wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, love this as an introduction to our villains, Johnny Ringo and Curly Bill. Um, right. Who uh, when, I was, when I was watching this, this scene, mm-hmm. it immediately took me back to the spaghetti westerns of the 60s it took me back to like uh the magnificent seven starring steve mcqueen and yul brenner Mm -hmm. um it was it they kind of did the same thing back then when they did westerns they introduced the heavy 
Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Powers Booth as Curly Bill is like the head bad guy. But mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's always about Johnny Ringo. He's like the real bad guy, in my opinion. He is the real bad guy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's love not how- charismatic <laughs> at all. Like, yeah, you can tell he's real sour on life. Uh, his character oh, yeah. and yeah he just kind of is trudging through it doing the best he can at being a piece of shit yeah um love how the uh, all the groomsmen at that wedding are packing um they come out <laughs> after just having <laughs> married and they just got guns they're just it's they're flying out of their holsters and it's who packs to a wedding i mean that's 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 my note on that. yeah um you weren't you weren't packing at my wedding <laughs> no i wasn't <laughs> should i have been i don't know dude you should have i was under the impression that you had an ankle uh <laughs> revolver just an sitting there waiting just, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um and then we get introduced to the uh, the erps and and their wives um mm-hmm. uh, all, all the wives in this crew are really um not well written characters no, um, I would agree with that. Wyatt's wife just like jonesing for that laudanum right away. Um, oh, yeah, dude, that laudanum, bro. Give me some. <laughs> I don't even, I don't know if it's just poorly written or poorly acted or both, but um, uh, the only, the, the two women characters in this movie that are good are Josephine, the the, the actress, yep. and Kate, who is, uh, who is um, Val Kilmer's wife in the movie. Like, yes. Everyone else is just really, really poorly written, but maybe that yeah. was just a thing for the 90s. Westerns and action movies. I, I maybe so, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it definitely after it was all over, like I mean, I started to understand why he they wrote in this like heroin addiction yeah, <laughs> for yeah. his wife. Like, you know, you needed to have him be able to separate himself from his family and give him And that, like, that's no what home. happened. I mean, the, yeah. the facts of the matter are he did leave his wife to go with Josephine. Um mm-hmm. that happened. So uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, it was true to story, but um, it contrasts sharply with uh, with your pick this week, um, Mad Max, uh, in terms oh, yeah. of women characters being poorly written. It's just like night and day, night and with, day. with this yep. movie. Yeah, this movie doesn't know how to write women. Your movie, I would say, they're the stars of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then my next note is just literally every line from Val Kilmer in this movie. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, just like literally every one of Doc Holliday's freaking <laughs> lines are amazing. They're just- yeah. So it's like, like I'm I'm watching this movie, and uh, you know, on on like the cell phone score, like the metric sure. of like how often are you checking your cell phone? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of cell phone checks in this movie because it's too long. Yeah, we just Way talked about that, right? Yeah. yeah, but there are so many good lines, and Doc Holliday does get most of them. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are so many good lines by Johnny Ringo, Curly Bill, Wyatt has some great fucking lines in this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> St- Stephen Lang, who plays Ike Clanton, who is just drunk on set every single day yep. and just looks like a fucking homeless guy, he has some great mm-hmm. lines. Um, yeah, it's just the dialogue in this movie is insane. Well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, are cowboys are are they like the OG Bloods? Because uh, like, they're wearing they red. Like it, they're right? gang yeah. activities. Like, I know there was some some definitely some blood reference. 
right? <laughs> um, and then we, we, our, our, my first like big, amazing rewatchable scene in this movie is uh, that part with fat Billy Bob Thornton, who we haven't even talked about yet. Um, uh, I, I'm glad you put fat before <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton because I was going to mention that. I was in He's my so notes big. as well. <laughs> He's so fat. Yeah. And God how damn it, Junior, how many times do I have to tell you, get that damn cigar out my face? <laughs> Christ, it's like I'm playing cards with my brother's kids or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he plays a great little bitch in this movie. He does, yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and then we get an amazing Wyatt Earp line. Um, he asks him, you going to do something or are you just going to stand there and bleed? Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> and, uh, and, and this brings me to one of my larger points I want to make about this movie is that I think everyone on set kind of knew like how hot Val mm-hmm. Kimmer was cooking in this movie. And I feel like they like, they played more the straight man so that Kilmer could just like do his thing and cook. I think so. Yeah. You know? Um, cause wider, he has so many like straight face delivery scenes. Like he's, there's no smile. There's no, he doesn't make any jokes in this movie. Right. Um, and yeah, but he does have some amazing fucking one liners in this movie. Um, Oh yeah. And I, I, I would completely agree with that. Like Val Kilmer, you could feel like he loved playing this character. Mm -hmm. Like he loved it every time he came on screen he just caught all of your attention because you know yeah. he was just going to do something or say something fucking hilarious or like witty. And the back and forth banter between him and his wife is hilarious. The mm-hmm. back and forth banter between him and Wyatt is hilarious. Yep. Like so good. Yeah. He chews it up. He is, uh, he's one of the all time like Hollywood, like supporting actors. Yeah. Um, he is like, He's one of those like character actors, like kind of like a John Voight type. Like he just sure. he does his time in the movie and he just completely owns every scene that he's in. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's great. Um, yeah, and then, so, okay. So, so Wider kicks out fat Billy Bob, right? And then yep. later on, he comes back with that shotgun and we get, <laughs> we get Doc Holliday going, why John and Tyler, you mad cap? Where are you going with that shotgun? Where you going with that shotgun? <laughs> yeah. And then, so, so they take it. He finds out he's Wyatt Earp. And then, yep. and then Val Kimmer delivers that. Oh, Johnny, I forgot you were there. You may go now. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything he says in this movie, dude. I know. Everything is so good. <laughs> like literally almost all of his dialogue is quotable. Oh, yeah. I think every yeah. bit of dialogue he has in this movie is quotable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I've used every piece of his dialogue from this movie as a reference mm-hmm. at one point. Oh, yeah. At some point in time, it, this whole movie works its way out. Yeah. Um, and then I always forget that Billy Zane is in this, too. Like, <laughs> like I'm looking at the cast and crew, right? He's yeah. not even in, like, the top 20 people in no. this movie on IMDb. And then uh-huh. I'm looking at my notes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I always forget. I wrote down, I always forget Billy Zane is in this. because He is. <laughs> Yeah. He's just in there with his curly <laughs> ass hair and his big lips and his <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so um you know, I wish we knew Latin more cuz I think it would be a fun bit for me and you to have like a Latin fight. 
like like Doc Ooh. and Ringo do, you know? Yeah. And they're just quoting bullshit too. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. I, like I know most of what they're saying or have like been like bored and watched it for like the 30th time. Like, sure. Well, what does that one thing mean? And they're just like, they're idioms. They're like, it's just like saying cliches over and over to each other. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they might as well be saying it's raining cats and dogs. And it's like, don't right. throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. It's just like, listen, <laughs> it's like pennies from heaven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, Pretty much. Just dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, I wrote down the scene where Doc Holliday is getting told by his doctor that, that he can't, he can't smoke and, and gamble. And, 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 and by the time mm. he gets to, you can't have sex anymore. He just tells him, get out. not me i'm in my prime that's right um okay so uh this movie um one of the bigger themes in this movie is a uh it's a romance movie between Wyatt and doc oh yeah right yeah yeah absolutely i mean you would say bromance now but it wasn't really written with like tongue-in-cheek like funny like Mm -mm. the main love story of the movie i feel like is doc and wyatt (laughs) yeah yeah, it is. Yeah, one hundred percent. And their relationship and how they continue on together. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it, it yeah. it's a good like contrasting character set, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you have Wyatt, who's very, you know, straightforward, down to earth, and then you've got uh, Doc Holliday, who's the very opposite of that. Is just very like live in the moment and. Uh, you know, funny one-liners and don't take anything seriously. So it's a funny pairing between the two, which makes it yeah. very interesting. Well, and, you know, and the whole the whole um, tuberculosis, like living on borrowed time, yeah, uh, thing with Doc too is, is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it really it really lets his character kind of just swing for the fences, like on everything. And I feel like Val Kilmer took that to heart, man. Uh, oh yeah, he really embodies this character. Um, I also kind of want to talk a little bit about um, Virgil, Virgil, or, uh, the Sam Elliott character. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, he is really more of like an absolutist when it comes to his uh, practice of the law. And Wyatt clearly is more of like a relativist. Yes, um, absolutely. He's not really a hardliner uh, like Virgil. Right. Um, and I just like, where do you, what, which character you identify with more? Um, definitely not Virgil. I think really? more of more of the Wyatt. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for me to say like watching a movie to be like Virgil is the the rebounding board, right? Or mm-hmm. he's the he's the line in the sand. Maybe you can mm-hmm. say that, right? Like he's sure. the he lets us know when things have gone overboard or when this is not a good thing, right? For like sure, he's, yeah. He's the audience's judge of character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely that hip check that like keeps you in line. Yes, you know? 100%. Yeah. And he's just a big brother, you know? I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. a big brother. I'm kind of like Virgil a little bit in, at times, but yeah, uh, I, I relate more to Wyatt, I think, a little bit. Yeah, same. Uh, Vir- yeah. Virgil's too much of a stick in the mud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that says about me, but I'm more of a more of a white in this movie, that's for sure. <laughs> and so Bill Paxton was more of like the Morgan, yeah, Morgan Earp, yeah. Morgan Earp was more of the like uh innocent, like I don't know what I'm doing and you know Wyatt comes to him and he's like you don't want to kill a man, like you don't want to yeah. do it, trust me. You don't me, ever want to find out. 
Yeah, you don't ever <laughs> want to find out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Morgan is definitely the eager beaver of the Earps. That's for sure. Yes. You know? He is. He is. Um, Which, not, not cool in the end. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Then we get that OK Corral fight, right? Um, mm-hmm. Dude, Doc Holliday, MVP. He, I wrote down he's the playmaker of the movie. Like, every important, like, act of violence in the movie, like, for, like, the quote-unquote good guys, mm-hmm. Doc, Doc's got his finger on the trigger. Oh, yeah. 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 He's the doer. <laughs> he's... Yeah. So, in uh, in World War II reenacting, we used to call them the killers because it was mm. the ones that could get shit done. Yep. And uh, even um, when I was reading about... Uh, Lieutenant Winter's autobiography about that. He called it the same thing where he was mm-hmm. like, you know, I have my killers and Doc Holliday is a killer. And yeah, I for sure he's a killer. He's the guy that's going to get it done and he's going to mm-hmm. get his hands dirty. And, uh, you know, I think that's the other part of um, Wyatt and Doc's relationship in this movie is yep. Wyatt needs Doc because Doc can take him to that other side that he his brothers don't want him to go to, you know? Right, right. Well, and, and also Doc just physically is the more, like, skillful and gifted gunfighter. Um, Absolutely. And he knows that he's, like, you know, got a one-way ticket to hell. So he's... Yeah, I mean... He is doing the most in this movie. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Okay, so... We got that. Yeah, okay. And then, oh, another great line by Wyatt. Um where they're trying to break up that fight in the middle of the night. He's like, mm-hmm. your friends might get me in a rush, but not before I make your head into a canoe. Fucking <laughs> 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 amazing line, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, can I bring up my favorite line in this movie, which is... Do it. <laughs> it's Sound so off. stupid. It's so stupid. It's actually from Stephen Lang's character, Ike Clanton. Oh. It's after he gets in a fight with... Uh, with Doc Holliday and Doc Holliday leaves the saloon. Yeah. And like Ike's like trying to go after him and the bartender's like, hey, he's a lunger. Like he's going to die. And then Ike Clanton turns around and he's like, well, I hope you die. And it's like, <laughs> okay. Like of the options between dying or not dying, I hope that you die instead of living forever, which you, you might do, but yeah. I hope you die. It's really funny how they like dis- try to disparage Doc's character with uh, the tuberculosis diagnosis. Like you fucking lunger, I know, dirty like, lunger. What the fuck? What's going on with that? Why is what's the stigma there? Yeah, exactly. Why is that a like? Could, he probably didn't know. He couldn't help it. Yeah, he couldn't help that he got it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, kind of makes you thankful that the TB vaccine exists. I guess now, right? I guess no. See, Doc I don't want to be called down. a lunger. Yeah. Cut down, not me. I'm in my prime. I'm in my um, prime. So Bill Paxton um, has the honor of being the only actor to have been killed by sci-fi's most famous predatory creatures. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yep. So he gets yep. he gets killed by a predator. He gets mm-hmm. killed by a xenomorph, and he gets killed by a terminator. Wow. Yeah. James and Cameron gets killed loves by a cowboy. watching this guy get chopped up. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. he does. Yeah. Yeah, he has he has great deaths. Um I feel like uh I mean R.I.P. Bill Paxton, but uh 
right. you know, I feel like he could have had such a different arc if he just made like one or two different choices in the early 90s because he has that leading man charisma. He does. He does. Well, dude, I love Twister. Like, love Twister. Yeah. Okay? Love yeah. Twister. Yeah, he popped and off. Him and Helen Hunt popped off in that movie. Oh, I know. Like, crazy cool duo there was mm-hmm. Helen Hunt and Bill Paxson. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he definitely did, but yeah, there was some wrong turns. I think at a couple points in time in his career. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he didn't have a good agent, or maybe just Hollywood wasn't ready for a guy like him. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's a weird kind of coulda, woulda, shoulda with him. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think you know, there at the end, he got a really good uh, he got good recognition for that show he was on um, about the Mormons. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I never watched that, but um, yeah, I, I heard a bunch of good things about it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, continuing on. Big Love. Big Love. Big Love. Yeah, the, yeah, that was the show. Big Love. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, thanks yep. for that grab there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, you know, when they're, when they're pinned down, you got Earp and his band of outlaws. Um, yes. They're getting pinned down, and, and Wyatt has that big, no, and he just charges <laughs> and like runs over the river, right? Uh-huh. Andrea's watching it with me, and she just says, well, that guy should just whistle arrow through and kill everybody. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Michael Rooker's in that scene. He plays the guy with the blue fin and the, hey, the Marvel a whistle movies. arrow, dude. <laughs> I don't know that character's arrow, name, dude. but he, he should have, you know? <laughs> Big missed opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, one of the lines that always kind of chokes me up in this movie is um, when... Uh, one of the cowboys that's that they're helping with uh, talking to Doc. He says, "Well, I got lots of friends," and Doc says, "I don't." Ooh, that line always gets me because like, fuck, yeah. he really just has like two friends, and one of them he dies. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. it, man. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings me real nicely into this next bit here. What happened at the Oscars, bro? That's a good point, man. This movie didn't I mean, get nominated for shit. No, it did not. Um, what was going on? 93? That was Forrest yeah. Gump year, wasn't it? Well, so this came out um, This came out December of 1993. Um, and it's just completely forgotten. Big Oscar snub with this one. Um, so, okay. The Ringo and, and Doc fight. Um, mm-hmm. Got to talk about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, Doc is just sandbagging hard. He's acting yeah, like he's he sick. And uh, what does he do? Just jump on a, a Pony Express horse and race ahead? How does he even know where the fight is? I don't I, know how this one works out, but fucking love how he kills Ringo. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good scene. And we yeah. all wanted Ringo to die. Oh, my <laughs> like God. We so, like, so fucking bad. Get rid of After he kills that dude. priest in the first scene, you're like, this man's got to die. <laughs> yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go. We can't have people he's like gotta that He's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, is Johnny Ringo an incel? What do you um, think? Yeah, that, that's I, him. I feel yeah, like I it's, they, that's yeah, a Johnny Ringo him. now, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just negative about everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sitting back, commenting on my shit. Like, shut the <laughs> fuck up, Johnny Ringo. <laughs> so, when Doc Holliday dies in the hospital, um, I know you cried when you watched this part. I did. Sad. Yeah, that's um, really sad. That really was his uh, his last words. He really? said, "This is funny." 
and uh, it made it into the movie because I'm pretty sure it was because he thought he was going to die a gunfighter or, you mm-hmm. know, with his boots on because, you know, he yeah. has bare feet and very prominently displayed in this movie. Shout out yep. to Quentin Tarantino. Um, but yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I, I think I think he thought he was going to die. Wrong gender. Boots on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is a hardcore bromance movie. It's cemented. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. The end credits. They're just walking down the street for like four minutes, five minutes. You ever watch the end credits of this movie? Or you just turn it off when you see directed by George P. Cosmatos and just flick off. Um, you should watch I, yeah. the end credits. Yeah. Okay. So, I'll go back and watch them. All of our listeners, uh, if, if you haven't watched this movie yet, just stick around for the end credits. They're amazing. But um, I want to ask you, because it kind of goes with Mad Max 2, who do you think the real hero is of this movie? We're talking about reluctant hero. This movie's got lots of them. It's got lots of reluctant heroes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I want, I guess I could say to Wyatt, like, mm-hmm. sure. Um, that's hard to say. How about you? Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think Doc is, is the real reluctant hero of this movie. Okay. Um, he just wants to gamble and drink and, and, and whore around. And, uh, he doesn't really get to do much of that except for the first part of the movie. And yeah. then he's he's basically ride or die with his buddy Wyatt for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Goes down. He dies for Wyatt, basically. He does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he I don't know if he wanted to do much of that other than the fact that he had some huge sense of obligation to his his friend. Um, but I, I think Doc is the hero of this movie. Yeah, the reluctant yeah. hero. So that's that's all I really got on uh, on Tombstone. Um, it's one of those movies that I gotta watch like once a year. Um, definitely my favorite western of all time. Uh, absolutely insane cast. That's that's my business card pitch for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an amazing movie. I absolutely love Tombstone. Um, you brought up some really good points on this one. Uh, let me get your. Uh, favorite Doc Holiday mm. line delivered as Doc Holiday. Delivered as as Doc Holiday. Um, fuck man, I don't love when he kills Ringo at the end. You're no Daisy. You're no Daisy at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has so many though. Yeah, you yeah, know, I've know. got two guns, one for each of you. Fucking, yep. I'm your Huckleberry, and then. You know, the say when line that you can just throw that one around. Say yeah. when. Say, say when. when. <laughs> I have not yet begun to defile myself. Yeah. That's probably it my appears favorite. my hypocrisy knows only knows no bounds. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very self-aware man. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knows I it. mean, the, the accent that Val Kilmer crafted for this movie. Fucking phenomenal. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's 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 wrapping up for Tombstone. Unless you got anything else you want to say on it, that's it. Let's put a tombstone on Tombstone. All right. So that was a long chat about Tombstone. Very very detailed, of course. Thank you, Sean, for bringing up all the stuff about Doc Holliday and all that fun stuff. It's just it's such a good movie. But we are going to talk about our uh, second movie, which I will uh, I'll champion this one for us. Um, 
<laughs> easily champion this one for us. Uh, it is Mad Max Fury Road, released 2015, and we have a tra- do we have a trailer? Do we have a trailer? we got a trailer? Let's roll it. Let's roll it. As the world fell, it was hard to know who was more crazy, me or everyone else. All right, that was a trailer that Sean found. I can't, I can't guarantee it's good or not. I don't know. Sean's going to make that decision. <laughs> um, <laughs> but let's talk Mad Max Fury Road. I just want to start by saying this movie is fucking amazing, and I love it very, very, very much. Um, it goes is this, back. Is this top 10 for you? This is top 10. This might be in my top three to be 100% honest. Fuck. Um, and I will kind of talk a little bit about why I love this movie and why there is a connection to Mad Max for me. Mm-hmm. But um, just to give everyone kind of the baseline of where we stand with Mad Max, Tom Hardy plays the uh, questionable lead character of uh, Mad Rakatantuskensky. <laughs> Max Rakatantuskensky. Uh, we'll just go with that. I think that's how you um, say his name. Yeah. 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 We'll go with that. Uh, we've got Charlize Theron as Furiosa, Nicholas Holt as Nux. We've got Hugh Keens Byrne as Immortan Joe. We've got The Wives, played by Zoe Kravitz. She plays Toast the Knowing. Abby Lee, she plays The Dag. Courtney Eaton plays Cheeto the Fragile. Mm-hmm. Riley Kyo plays capable and last but not least we have rosie huntington whitley as splendid this is one of those movies you're glad that you have uh i watched with captions on because i would have known that her name cheeto was spelled with a d i know (laughs) you see that slight change they made so it's not the big giant orange thing yeah (laughs) yeah um, all right, so I'm going to try to explain this plot a little badly here. Um, so we've got our main character, questionably main character, Max, who is a loner um, in a post-apocalyptic world where we have pretty much destroyed ourselves, um, fought over whatever, but mostly guzzoline. We <laughs> fought over a guzzoline um, and just blew ourselves to shit. Um, there's nothing left. It's a des- desert wasteland of nothingness. The soil is fucking trash. The water is toxic. Yeah. Sour. Everything's been soured. And we are basically X amount of years after the fall of civilization. And we see that things have started to kind of form in areas like little civilizations, little uh, monarchies, you know, and this is kind of the world that the director George Miller thought of many, many years ago. 1978 was when he started down this path of Mad Max. So George Miller was uh, actually emergency room doctor in Australia 
um, and he saw a shit ton of car accidents, um, brutal fucking car accidents, because this is Australia. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you've met anyone from Australia like I have, but they're fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. And yeah. <laughs> they are. They're, they're pretty crazy. Uh, and back when the first Mad Max was released, uh, I was starring Mel Gibson. Um, car culture in Australia was huge, but also the amount of deaths related to cars was also huge. So mm-hmm. George Miller, naturally going from an ER doctor, went into directing movies. Normal pivot. Yeah. Just a normal average pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he started this this world of Mad Max, this post-apocalypse world where cars run everything and it's you know, all about who's getting gasoline and water. And it's, it's an amazing world that he started then in the seventies, we got Mad Max and then we had road warrior. And then we wrapped up kind of that side of the trilogy with Thunderdome, which by far is the weakest of the, all the Mad Max movies in my opinion. But, um, two men enter one man leave. It's the tweak for you. That's a Pornhub. That's on Pornhub. <laughs> Two men enter, one man leave. One man leaves. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, fast forward, many years later, uh, George had a partner when he was making the first three, first two, actually, Mad Max movies. His partner sadly passed away, and that was mm-hmm. part of his creative energy that he had for these movies. Um, so he kind of halfway through filming Thunderdome kind of just passed it off to another director. Uh, he just didn't have the creative juices for it. So fast forward many years later, he's crossing the street. He thinks maybe I can do this again. And then 17 years later, a movie's made. (laughs) (laughs) You know what he should have done, Wayne, is he should have just taken some Silver spray paint and just taking a quick hit. He would have finished that movie in 10 seconds. He would have finished it in 10 seconds. (laughs) And would have been on the road to Valhalla. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Shiny and chrome. For sure, yeah. Yeah, he was totally... He could have been witnessed. Um, (laughs) So anyway, uh, George Romero... Or George Romero. (laughs) George Miller created this world of Mad Max many years ago. And he started... 17 years in the making trying to make fury road um Mm -hmm. there is a great video online if you guys want to watch the back end of it it's an absolute nightmare of a shoot um had to be reshot several times location changes just the fact that they were using immense amounts of realistic stunts cars Mm -hmm. timing actors uh actors availability just like it was a fucking mess um But it was made, and by God, it is, like I said, one of my favorite movies of all time. This is so good. Um, Just to kind of kick it off with why I love Mad Max, it's because when I was a kid, I absolutely loved The Road Warrior. I watched The Road Warrior at least two or three times a month. I had it on the second one. Okay. I had it. I loved it. It was something my brothers and I just absolutely loved. 
Um, we loved the cars in it and the the big fucking war rig at the end and the wild child with the boomerang that cuts people's hands off. And it was just so cool. It was like, you know, just this new post-apocalyptic world with, that was created. I mean, we didn't. Yeah, really he have... really he really hit on something with like the whole like look of the movie for sure. He did. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was the start. And I don't feel like he was able to really hone in on his world and actually see it evolve and see it created until Fury Road. I feel mm. like Fury Road is the cherry on, on top of this post-apocalyptic world he made. Oh, for sure. Um, so let's kind of just hit some of these points on, the, on this movie. I, like I said, I love this movie. Um, it's basically one big car chase. Like for sure. Front to end, it's one big car chase. Uh, that was his kind of driving factor for the plot. Your character's direction in a movie. Give them a um, basically a goal or problem to solve. Uh, like in The Hangover, it was what the fuck happened to our friend, right? Mm-hmm. And you yeah, follow yeah. these people through the whole time. Um so we meet Max right at the beginning. He's a loner. He's reluctant to do anything, I would say. Um, For sure. Yeah, he's yes. just all about, he's living his own truth. He, yeah, you know? he's living his own life. He's got his fucking Haunted inter- by the past, yeah. Haunted by the past trope, exactly. Yeah, for um, sure. He's got a really badass car, Interceptor. Um, he gets captured by these this strange clan of super uber pale dudes and gets basically dragged to what in the movie we later find out is called the Citadel. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of where the movie kicks off. There's there's when George made this movie, he actually didn't have the ending, the, the beginning and the ending in the movie figured out. Yeah. He, he just, just had the whole middle. Yeah. He had the middle. <laughs> he knew exactly what he wanted, but he didn't know how to start it and end it. So you'll see when you kind of watch it that he has this opening sequence that kind of explains where they're at, but doesn't give you that much of a backstory on it. But Mm -hmm. if you watch it closely, you realize like, okay, so Max is haunted by these demons of his past. And, you know, it kind of plays in later when you realize he can't commit or help anybody. But um, the opening title was sick, but... The For first sure. time we see Furiosa is like, holy shit. So she's, you all, the, the camera is just stationary and she walks in front of it and you see the brand of Immortan Joe on her neck as she's walking yeah. towards. And you hear the, uh, one of the war boys yelling out what they're doing and kind of like in this, uh, almost military like cadence of mm-hmm. how he's he's calling out we're doing this we're doing that we're taking bullets and we're bringing them back and he's getting the the war rig ready and she's getting in there and she's got all this fucking like war paint on her it's just so fucking badass mm-hmm. um that was my first note that i wrote down when i was watching this movie was furiosa commanding mad respect <laughs> mm-hmm. she is a shit kicking bombshell in this mm-hmm. movie. I I love her character. 
we were talking about the contrast of how the wives and tombstone were written kind of bland and how this is very opposite. Yeah. Yes. Furiosa and the wives, I would say are very well written, uh, characters. Um, and without having an immense amount of dialogue, which George Miller did not want to have, um, Mm -hmm. they have a lot of depth to them. Uh, as we kind of learned throughout the whole movie. So, Sean, is Charlize Theron the best woman action star of our age? Of our yeah, time? that's a tough question. Um, <clears throat> you know, for me, the first one was always going to be uh, Sigourney in uh, in Aliens. Um, that sure. was the first time I saw someone, uh, I saw a woman just totally kicking ass in that kind of a that kind of a manner. Um, yeah. But she has definitely, she's on the podium for sure. Um, I mean, between this and Atomic Blonde, uh, I mean, you could make the argument that yes, she is the best woman yeah. action star right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the action in this movie is so tight, and she sells every single like punch and kick, and just like you know, the, the action in, in in this movie tells such a good story. Um, it does. <clears throat> you know, this when you said you wanted to do. Uh, Mad Max I was like oh that's cool I can watch it for the second time because <laughs> I'd only seen it once before this <laughs> yeah 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 and um yeah amazing um I definitely I definitely see why you like this movie so goddamn much mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it is a just an extended car chase basically um yep. but like you know the, the pacing and you know Dude, I don't even want to know how long this movie took to edit, but it's like crazy. Like, especially in the action scenes, like yep. everything, it just reads so well. Like, you always know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're never disoriented. It's not like this like fast cutting nonsense that you see. Yep. Um, it's it's such an adrenaline ride. This movie. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. There's so there's uh, many layers to this movie, and many layers of why I love it, and I can't not talk about production a little bit, which I did already. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to bore everybody with production talk, but Mm -hmm. that is part of the layer of why I love this movie is because of the, I know the massive amount of planning and, uh, fucking money Mm -hmm. (laughs) and time and effort it took to make this movie. Uh, it's a beautiful mix of CG and practical effects. Even up until the end, the war rig, um, getting blown to bits and flipping over on his side was mm-hmm. a practical effect. Uh, so just applause to fucking George Miller for using some practical effects instead of every Disney show about Star Wars that we get to watch <laughs> nowadays, which is just bland. Um, yeah, the uh, the action in this movie is pretty fucking righteous. Um, you can is. tell he he came up with that first because... You know, like you said, that war rig of hers is amazing. Mm-hmm. She has like, like every time something wild is happening, like around her on the cars or people trying to get it, she has like a rebuttal for like every single threat that she encounters. She and uh, yeah, sh- she is the hero of this movie, in my Absolutely. opinion. And uh, Absolutely. I mean, we're talking reluctant heroes. It's It's Max is that archetype. Yes. I don't know. Yes. What's your read on this movie? Because those two are clearly like the in-your-face stars of this movie. I know you could make an argument for Nux as Nicholas Holt, but um, 
I mean, I think Max is definitely the reluctant hero. He just wants to do his own thing. He does. Um, so talking a little bit about the reluctant hero side of this, uh, of course, we mentioned that he's plagued by his past, so he mm-hmm. doesn't want to get close to anybody. Um, and it takes a really good amount of time through the plot before we see that shift that we are all looking for, where that reluctant hero switches gears and realizes, you know what? I got to do it. I got to be a hero. I have to help. Um, And in this case, even when he was fighting Furiosa after the amazing storm scene, um, where Furiosa basically almost kicks his ass with one fucking arm, um, she does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only reason that he was able to do anything was because of Nux. Like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but even during then, he was still very apprehensive about it. Even through the, the progress of the story after that, he was still very apprehensive on being a part of this. Uh, it was not until they made it further down Fury Road Mm-hmm. And uh, they get through this canyon, which is kind of the checkpoint for them. And uh, so Splendid um, falls off the war rig. And the reason she falls off the war rig is because previously during that fight I mentioned between um, Max and Furiosa, Max mm-hmm. fires a couple of warning shots at Splendid, nicking her leg, causing right. her leg to bleed. And she falls you don't off the hurt war Immortan rig. Joe's wives. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so we have this connection when she's still alive and she's trying to get back in the war rig. Max recognizes that, okay, yeah, she's a badass. Okay, we got us. She falls. And at that moment in time, we see the change happen from reluctant hero to hero. He realizes mm-hmm. that was his fault. He realizes that. Of all the people and mistakes he's made in his life, he actually has an opportunity to fix it. Hmm. So that I feel like is the is the turning point in which Max no longer is reluctant and is fully on board. See, uh, I don't know. I think it's at the very end of the movie, um, where he so he could have no because he could have left. He could have left at any point in time. Yeah, but he's not fully he's not fully invested until the very end where he uh he gives his name and his blood um mm-hmm. to save uh Furiosa. I don't think it happens until the very he tells he waits until the whole fucking movie to tell her his name's Max. When he's but is that blood, the is that the change in it? Is that Yeah, the that's change? the change for sure. I don't in know. my opinion. I I think it might it happened much earlier than that. I think that's a confirmation that he changed. Yeah, that's a confirmation that he changed. Well, but the good thing he, about because he could have left dialogue, at any point. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could right, kind of right. like during the motorcycle scene, right? That was a perfect mm-hmm. opportunity for him to leave, and he came back. True. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Like, it, we didn't have that confirmation until the mm-hmm. very end. It was still like a little bit up in the air on what was going to happen and where his intentions lied. Right. Because mm-hmm. he could have even had bad intentions then. Right. When he told her, we need to go back to the Citadel. That is where you're going to find redemption. Mm-hmm. If 
he could have been like, you know, I'm just going to get back to that fucking Citadel. I'm going to go right up to the top and I'm going to knock all these bitches off and it's going to be mine. But yeah, this movie is redemption on expert mode for sure. Yeah, it is. Everything is difficult about the redemption arcs for these characters. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. Um, So I was talking a little bit about the layers of this movie and Mm -hmm. uh, the religion that's based around car culture and V8 is like one of my like favorite things about this movie. Um, I think it is very cool. I like get a boner every time I, <laughs> I see these motherfuckers driving in these badass cars. They're on the back. They're like swinging. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just like, fuck yeah. yeah let's like do this. 15 abreast on like the yeah. desert. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. It's so good. And we've got the Doof Warrior playing his badass Inferno guitar on this like crazy ass drum truck. Yeah, I didn't know. That's another one of the things that I really like about this movie is that, um, you know, you you see the score. Yes. Um, you know, all, all the sound that you see in the movie is uh, is is coming. From it, you know, they call that like a, like a diegetic sound in a movie, right? When when you see the source of the sound, um, and I think it's great. It really contextualizes all like the cool like the drum beats and that like yeah insane like metal like rock like super distorted guitar that he's playing with this fucking yeah. thrower. Um, it just really keeps keeps the hype level at like a hundred. Whenever oh, you see him, like the the tension is in like excitement is just ratcheted up. Oh yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um so you know, aside from like the the uber action scenes, we've got some scenes with a lot of depth to them and I feel like mm-hmm. uh one of them uh that really resonates with me is when Furiosa finds out that the the green place uh that mm-hmm. they were all expecting to find at the end of this Fury Road doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and it was this beautiful scene where it was just very quiet and you all you could see was just the dust flying off the dunes. She's removing her arm, uh, her prosthetic arm, and just falling down and just yelling, just getting all of that out. I mean, mm-hmm. to think about this, like... Like when we make changes nowadays in our lives, it's like, hey, you know, I, I used a different... Uh, you know, toilet paper this week. and It's eh, a turning point for sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, She literally took the wives from the only place in like a very, very wide radius of the world Mm -hmm. that was safe to take them somewhere else to realize that safe place isn't there. That's a heavy, heavy load. Heavy load. Yeah, Um, for sure. They already lost one wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it ties back into that, uh, it ties back into that scene where it just happened right before this, when, when we meet the, um, the elderly, the, the, the Valkyries basically. Yeah. The, the keepers or whatever you call them. Yeah. The, the keepers. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, you know, we see this like very maternal clan mm-hmm. um come down they're all these like nomadic warrior women they're older 
you know? Old, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it just, it just adds to this like, like feminist, very powerful message where, you know, they don't have to be owned by anyone or anything and they can be as free as they want to be, um, as within reason, you know, (laughs) yeah, I think, I, I also think that they're supposed to be like a survivor of like the old world too. I got that impression that they were around kind of before it went to shit. Yeah. Cause they, they seem to know a lot about like, you know, there's that line about satellites and it just seems like that's something that someone would have known before. Sure. You went into like this post-apocalyptic, you know, hellscape that they live in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really liked the, the, all those, all those old lady characters in this movie. They're, they're yeah, great. it was really cool. Really cool. And they're fucking warriors too. When they're riding back to the Citadel. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, all right. So, after we meet the Valkyries and uh, we have Max making the decision whether or not he should go into the salt flats with the women or go off on his own, he decides to do a third option, which is go meet them and head back to the Citadel using the war rig and drive it right through all of them. Some kind of redemption. Some kind of redemption. Yep. Uh, so um, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. This whole scene at the end, um, long, drawn out, just badass fight scene um, with just cars and polecats, which is what they call them, and yeah. blowing up fire and... Uh, muzzle loaders. Um, <laughs> like, let's just everything, throw everything bro. in there. We got blood everything, transfusions. Dude. We got we the got giving of names. Uh, harpoons. Yeah, harpoons. Harpoons. Um, mother's milk. You know, all that Fa- fun stuff. Face getting ripped off. Yeah, we got a yeah, lot. Yeah, just totally, totally. Lots of face getting ripped off. Um, yeah, so we've got this crazy cool... Uh, fight scene that kind of is the triumvirate of the movie uh, and um, really cool stuff. Uh, all of these stunts were pretty much like they were in the cars doing these stunts yeah. driving down the desert. I know. Which is insane. It is insane. Um, yeah. And then uh, so at the end of this triumphant kind of um, fight scene, we have, like you said, Max giving away his name mm-hmm. and his blood, which reinforces that he was doing this to help them. He felt like he was on the path to redemption and this could help. Uh, and at the end, um, he gives it all up and says, you know, do what you will. I'm still going to be off doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Well, he puts her in a position uh, of power in the Citadel, you know, and he, rede- he he's like the people's champ, yeah. you know, he is the people's champ. I mean, he's with the people, right? Yeah. 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 You yeah, kind of exactly. just went over some of the craziest parts of the movie for me, though, real quick, because all the juice mm. is in the last 30 minutes of this movie, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Dude, when Furiosa gets stabbed, 
Yeah. Oh, I hate that guy so bad. I, I want to kill him. I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. I hate his stupid doll on the back of his head. Oh, my God. She gets jacked in the side. Uh, mm-hmm. Very Jesus on the cross imagery there. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, she's like holding up Max from the, and you're just, just total badass moment. Oh, total yeah. fucking badass moment. Um, and also, uh, Nux, when he dies. Um, yep. It's kind of a tear jerking moment, honestly. I mean, that's his bit. redemption arc for sure. Um, yep. He gets fucking witnessed. Let me tell you what. I mean, he does. <laughs> He's he tries to get witnessed several mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Um, at all the wrong fails. moments. Yeah. 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 I also and like fails. how um how his like you know his like if you had like a, a thermometer of like how well he's like tied to like the devotion of his war boys is like he yeah. gets less and less pale through the movie. Did you notice that? <laughs> like more of his <laughs> becomes like, a little skin bit less shows yeah. through. Yeah. I thought yeah, that was a, little a bit fun of little normal stuff. Um, bit there. Um, yeah. Also, you know what I want to say about this movie? This is a no cell phone movie. Yeah. There's like maybe that part in the middle where they meet up with all the Valkyries and the Keepers, as you mm-hmm. call them. Mm-hmm. That's. I think that's it. That's like the only yeah. part that you can really grab a cell phone for. Everything else is like, whoa, shit. Put it, what the fuck is happening now? Yeah. Frenetic, I know. It's but, just yeah. nonstop action throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's everything. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> great, just, man. I do. It's a great movie. Great movie. Um, I can't uh, say enough good things about it. Did honestly. you see this in the theater? I saw it twice in the theater. Oh my god! How many movies have you done that? Yeah, with? not many. <laughs> not many. So this is like this is in your this is in your uh, mental roster right away. First viewing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like when they, so they dropped this uh, a couple of years before it was released at mm-hmm. a San Diego Comic-Con and mm-hmm. it blew up. Yeah. There was, I mean, so much hype around this movie uh, and watching it for the first time in the theater, I was blown away. Were you more hyped um, to see this or Dune? Ooh. Just different points in time in my life, yeah. I guess. Well, like, <laughs> Same well, amount the of lead up for Dune was insane. I don't remember much of a lead yeah. up for Max. Well, this wasn't really on my radar, I should say, like like it was for you. So, yeah, I, I know it's all relative, but like, was the hype lead up the same for you? It, yeah, I think wow. uh, it was the same. Wow. Um, now I love both things, mm-hmm. Dune and Mad Max. Um, I will say though that. I didn't have a connection to Dune from my childhood. That uh-huh. wasn't a childhood connection. That was a, oh, they're making, oh, Denise making a movie yeah. uh, remake of Dune. I'm going to get the book. I'm going to read the book. Holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then the movie comes out and it's like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, Mad Max was like sending it to my brothers. Like, holy shit, they're making another Mad Max movie. Like, holy shit. Right. This looks amazing. You know? Deeper connection um, there, huh? Yeah, yeah, way deeper connection. Um, all right, well, that is Mad Max. Uh, I know I kind of was all over the place, but uh, there's just so much to talk about this movie. Well, this um, movie's kind of all it. over the place, so. It is. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit. Um, but it's a wild ride, hella fun, a um, lot of technical achievements with this movie. Um, it's Six reflected Oscars. in the. <laughs> Fuck. Yep. It's reflected in the Oscars that it was given. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, there is a, a prequel movie about Furiosa coming out. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah, this movie is great. I'm so glad that uh, that you picked this movie because, like I said, this is the second time I watched it. And uh, I really came around on it. The first time I watched it, I was like, it's a pretty cool action movie. And I just didn't give it much yeah. thought. Um, but oh, having to watch it again, like take notes on it, I was like, yeah, I can kind of see why Wayne likes this movie so damn much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a little killer. bit of the car car culture in me as it's well. It's a killer. Yeah, the for cars. sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So um, I think we have, we might, you know, we got some time for some audience questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do some audience questions. Let's start off with the most uh, obvious one, which is how is the hotness of Charlie's Theron possible? <laughs> shout out, shout out to my idiot friend, Alex, for sending that one in. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Um, I don't know, but she definitely is hot in this movie, right? Yeah. Not no, in like I mean, an it's... even a traditional way or like a... No. She's just, she exudes confidence and uh, mm-hmm. she is a complete badass, super capable. And uh, mm-hmm. God, she just fucking kills it in this movie. She kills it, man. God, kills I love her. I mean, she is so, I could watch like five more movies with her in it. Yeah, 100%. Character. Yeah. 100 mm-hmm. percent yes um you know i mean we uh max is like we talked about uh the reluctant hero in this and we follow him mm-hmm. but the main story the main hero is furiosa yeah um and her journey that she's taken i mean even the the slight little bit of history that we got from her being taken from her green place or the home mm-hmm. that she was born from that was a safe spot to be thrown in this world and you know, I mean, she probably came up on, on the ranks, right? Like she started probably like, you know, I don't know what the, the base for a, like a, a just private in the army is, but in <laughs> yeah. their world, but you know, it's just a slag or a slag or something like that. You yeah. Know, probably... She's like second in command firmly of his like military. It's oh, like Immortan yeah. Joe and then her number two. I know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the the war paint that they have mm-hmm. on their heads has something to do with their position of power within the ranks of mm. the Yeah. I buy um, that. Because if if you looked at like some of the ones that rode with him in the car, uh they also had the black mm-hmm. um war paint on their head and then basically his number 2 guy had the chrome. So he had black and then chrome oh, on top. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like probably like general or something like that. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Just those those little subtle things. I just love them. Love for them. sure. Um. All right. So this one is from my wife, and it's for uh, Tombstone. So thank you, Jamie, for sending us this question. It is, who is your Tombstone crush, and why is it Val Kilmer? <laughs> <laughs> um so Wayne, you want to answer this one? <laughs> because he's everything? I mean, he's I love him to death in this movie. Yeah. Like he's he's uh witty. He's fun. He's seems like he'd be a great first date, you know. Well, yeah, if he do, doesn't cough do on his yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you can't. You're not kissing him. <laughs> yeah. I think. Don't forget, um, he is a lunger. 
Yeah, he's a he's a dirty lunger. Um, mm-hmm. my my uh, I'd gotta say um, the Kurt Russell Wyatt Earp character in this movie would be that jawline out of control. Yeah, cut a piece of paper. He's on got him. a good. Yeah, I know that's a pretty good one. Yeah, he's, and uh, I mean, he's a good looking guy in this movie. You know, he is. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I accredit him to uh, giving me the opportunity to grow this mustache, <laughs> <while> <laughs> also having just a pretty. You know, yeah, straightforward. He's, he's uh, got some great movie mustaches, hasn't he? Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, Hateful <laughs> Eight, Bone Tomahawk. Have you seen what he's working with lately? It's yeah. It's dimensional. It's like I know. <laughs> it looks like it weighs. I mean, a even the Christmas Chronicles, bro. I know, right? Like that when was he played his, Santa. That was like, his beard. Oh, you know what? Speaking of mustaches and beards, all the mustaches in Tombstone were real. I wouldn't have it any other way. No makeup. Everyone grew out their own shit. Good. Yeah. Good. Sam <laughs> Elliott was like, I was born with this. I so can grow just... a mustache. I was born with the mustache. No, I was born with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So username Shea O'Keefe. Yeah, this is my it? friend Keith. Yeah. Keith. All right. Keith asks, what's up with Immortan Joe's guitar player and the flame guitar? And how do I get that gig? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like Wayne, you could probably answer this question better, but like is the doof warrior is he like disfigured or is he like cursed with music? Like what's the story with him? Yeah, I mean, so when they talked about this creation of this drummer boy, which is kind of what they envisioned was like this uh like a a symbolic um music like fucking drummer drums initially no no but like that same kind of feeling you get like from a drummer boy like in the revolutionary war or something like that Uh, right 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 yeah 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 leading the troops um but just doing it like way more badass uh I also would like to know how you get the uh the doof warrior gig because I feel like that is just awesome um he's blind i think he is blind yeah um you kind of see towards the end when they rip off his mask he needs uh, a fucking dentist too i'll tell you what yeah he's really (laughs) fucked up um but you know like i said everybody is i mean everybody's like it's just riddled with cancer um so uh yeah i don't know there was there's like some back and forth, I think, on the internet about the uh, the need of a doof warrior in this movie, but I well, love clearly it. he does his job, and that's getting everyone amped up to go kill people. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want a fucking like like weird guitar player following you around playing heavy metal music anytime you do something cool yeah also like props to the driver of that truck because that's got a way that's got to be one of the heavier uh vehicles yeah. in that fleet um because it's just loaded down with amps and yeah insane yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah doof warrior uh wild card who knows i don't know yeah. how you get that job keith um but you, you got to be blind and cursed with music and uh i don't know Maybe he fought for it. Maybe he petitioned for the creation of it. Yeah, maybe he did. I don't know. You know, maybe there wasn't a doof warrior position before him. Maybe he was the one and only. Yeah. Let's let's think of it like that. He's the one, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's the only one. All right, what we got next? I think that was it. Okay. Oh, I have one for my wife, Andrea. She asked, oh, yeah, um, yeah. which movie has better costuming? Oh, wow. That's a good question. This is a hard one at face value because uh, knee-jerk, you just want to say Mad Max. But um, the all the costuming in Tombstone is like super accurate. Like they spent a long it's very, time. very, very accurate. Not only is it uh-huh. accurate, but like it was accurately worn too. Like they were really... Correct intentional about where they put the holsters and like they wouldn't have them low like this is what they do in the movies like they want to make it look like it was on the real Wyatt Earp you know right. you wouldn't have right. your holster super low you'd have it high on your hip so it'd stay nice and mm-hmm. tight um yeah there are a lot of little touches like that um I don't know I yeah. still got to say Mad Max the costuming yeah Mad I mean me. the the costuming in Mad Max gets points for originality mm-hmm. and um it's just such a state to the you know? to the world. Yeah, you know, I mean, every piece you see in Mad Max is tied to something, right? Like yeah. it's it's telling a story. If it's for his, sure. it's telling a story, right? Yeah, I mean, her arm tells a story. If you want to call that a, it's I guess more of a prop than a costume. But um, the way the uh, I think of the way the wives are all dressed. Um, very you know flowy angelic mm-hmm. uh very dainty they're supposed to be a little bit fragile yeah. immortan joe's um, mask immortan joe's costume by mm-hmm. far is my favorite costume in that it's movie. sick it's so good his fucking like horse teeth like <laughs> goddamn cpap machine he's carrying around with yeah him. um <laughs> And then you got you I mean, got even, Richter Erectus, which is like he's yeah. got like those huge engine parts on the back here. Yes, yeah. yeah. There's a lot yeah. of really cool touches, and the, the, it's just a feast for your eyes every time you're you're looking on this movie. It's just crazy detail, crazy detail. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I got to give it to Mad Max. Yeah, I will. I will give uh, Tombstone points for accuracy, though. Mm-hmm. Period yeah. accuracies, very important. Well, you got any more closing thoughts here, Wayne? Um, let's see. I love both these movies, Tombstone mm-hmm. and Mad Max. Great, great flicks. Uh, looking forward to the next Furiosa prequel for Mad Max. Um, Tombstone's not getting a sequel, so we don't have that to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but you know what? There's plenty of cowboy movies out there. Um, for sure. This one's... By far one of my favorite. I won't tell you what my favorite Western is, but uh, we'll figure that out later on. Um, okay. It is one of my favorite Westerns, though. I'm so down yeah. with it. Um, yeah, you know what? I got to say, uh, really happy that you chose Mad Max because it gave me an excuse to watch it again. And this will probably be in a rotation for me, just like Tombstone yeah. is now. It's great, man. I'm so glad that we that you picked this movie. Uh, me too, because I got to watch it for like the umpteenth time. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Love it. All right, guys. Well, leave us some comments. Uh, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can listen to this podcast. Wait, you're probably listening to this podcast right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. It's hopefully. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, if you're not like props to you. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, we will go catch you guys shot. next time. Next time on Utah. Utah. Get me two. All right, guys. Bye, con Dios. Come on, Parker. Bye, Utah. con Dios. Give me two.